Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. What a blessed opportunity it is for us to be able to be online and, of course, to celebrate the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We don't take this opportunity for granted that God has allowed for us to be back here one more time. I need you to do me a favor. If you are joining us online, if you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging in one of our live chat rooms found on our church website, Welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and our social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So I want you to do this favor real quick. Invite others to this experience. If you're watching us on Facebook, sharing your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party, we want to make sure we stay in the same chat stream. You can also tag people that you would like to invite within this post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel text this link um, of the worship experience to your personal network. We want to get over a thousand subscribers to our YouTube channel and we're almost there. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click on the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. Amen. We're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do as far as this Sunday where we will observe the life and the work of the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as well. I'm going to ask that one of his Alpha brothers, Reverend James Bernie, is going to come lead us in this worship experience. So do me this favor, put your hands together, give the Lord some praise as we prepare to worship our God. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Aren't you excited about what the Lord is doing in your life today? Come on, y'all. Wherever you are right now, you ought to get on your feet and you ought to give God praise. For he is worthy to be praised. In spite of what your situation looks like right now, the Lord is worthy to be praised. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Come on, let's celebrate God today. Let's worship God today. Let's give God Amen. Join in as we sing Holy, 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 our congregational
scripture reading this morning is coming out of Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. And as I am looking through our chat stream, Facebook, YouTube, and the church website, we are curious to know where you're watching us from. So put in the chat, let us know where you're watching us from, what city and what state. Scripture, Revelations, Revelation chapter 1. And beginning at the first verse, and it reads, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and from the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us 
and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will moan because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty, the Word of God for the people of God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you on today. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together, Lord, just to worship. God, we thank you, Lord, for when we look back just over this past week, God, and we realize the snares, God, that you kept us from. We realize the trap of the enemy, God, that you prevented us from falling into, God. We can't help but to say thank you, Lord God. God, when we just look back over yesterday, God, and realizing there was those that didn't even have food to eat, God, but, Lord, you blessed us. You kept us, God, and for that, Lord, we just want to say thank you. God, when we look back just over last night, God, we realized there was some of those that was out in the elements, God. They didn't have a shelter. They didn't have a home to go into. They didn't have a bed to lay on, God. And God, they didn't have the warmth, God, that you provided in our homes, God. And for that, God, when we think about it, it could have been us, God. We just want to say thank you this morning, God. Thank you, God, for being a God of grace. Thank you for being a God of mercy, God. God, thank you for all that you've done in our life, God. Lord, when we look back over everything we've been through, God, we really realize, God, although we may be facing things right now, God, we know, God, that we still serve you, God. You still sit high and you look low, God. And for that, Lord, we want to say thank you this morning, God. Thank you, Lord, for who you are in our lives, God. We ask, God, even right now, God, remove the blindness, remove anything, God, that will hinder us from worshiping you, God. Oh, God, endow your presence upon this worship. Endow your presence upon our hearts, God, that we might truly worship you, God. We invite you, God, to have your way, God, in this place, God. Do what you need to do in our hearts today. Bless us, God. Watch over us, God. Help us, God, to let go, God. And you have your way in our life, God. Oh, God, we thank you this morning for what you will do. We thank you, God, for what you will do. We thank you, God. Thank you, God, for allowing your spirit, God, to be in, our, in this presence, to allow your spirit, God, to be in our hearts, God, as we enter your presence this morning, God. Oh, God, we give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.
you know he's your way maker, if you know he is your miracle worker, if you know he's your promise keeper, if you know he is your awesome God, can you just put those hands together in your virtual space and give to the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserves? For this is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. And we're going to rejoice. Amen. And give him the glory. I want to thank our adult ensemble for blessing us with their gift of song. And reminding us of the reason that we are still here and we are still alive and we're still pressing. Certainly God is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. And good morning to all of you who are watching us on our various platforms. Our virtual congregation that I see. Those that are on Facebook Live, on our church website, on our YouTube channel. As well as those that are listening to us on the phone. We greet you with Jesus' joy, and we are hallelujah happy that you are able to join us as far as our virtual congregation is concerned. We thank God for the wonderful capacity to be able to worship God uh, in these pandemic times through technology. And so as we come and share, there are several things I want to share with you as we move forward in the worship experience. Of course, another major shout out to our food pantry ministry. We served 193 families this past week, and God is to be praised. Amen. That is because of St. Paul, your generosity uh, and being a blessing to those who are less fortunate. Also want to thank those who joined us on our quick 15 as far as our prayer call is concerned this past Wednesday. We invite you to join us at 8 o'clock for a little fellowship time at 8.15. I come on with a devotional, and then we have prayer. And I, I want to say what a wonderful opportunity for us to join together and pray for each other and, of course, get uh, a little uh, uh, pep as far as the rest of the week is concerned. I want to let you all know that tomorrow is the observation of the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. birthday celebration. And we will be closed here at the church, but we will be opening back up on Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Also this evening at 7 o'clock, our association, United Missionary Baptist Association, will be having a Martin Luther King uh, observation celebration. Uh, St. Paul Praise Team will be participating in that program, and it's going to be at 7 o'clock. You can check it out on their Facebook page. And our pastor emeritus, Dr. Greg Maltz, will be their guest preacher. We know we will get a word from him. Also tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, the YMCA of Greater Charlotte will host their annual MLK program. This year, the program can be shared virtually starting at 9 o'clock in the morning. And you can join this program on their Facebook page at YMCA Charlotte. I want to let you all know that contribution statements will be going out on January the 23rd. And the church office will start sending your annual contribution statements 
either through email or snail mail. And so if you have not gotten your contribution statement by the end of this month, call the church, uh, talk with Sharon McNannis, and she will uh, see what we need to do to make sure you get your information. This month, we're going to have Kaya Charlotte, January topic, God, Do You Hear Me? It's going to be a discussion toward a powerful and impactful prayer life. Join us on Wednesday, January 27, 2021 at 7 o'clock uh, p.m. I have asked Reverend Kelly Baptist, who is a known prayer warrior, uh, to join me as far as that conversation is concerned. Uh, and she'll be able to help shed insights, particularly with our younger adults, as far as how to cultivate a prayer life. Also want to just mention that our marriage ministry is preparing a virtual Valentine's Day celebration on Saturday, February the 6th, 2021 at 7 o'clock p.m. Registration is now open for this virtual event. It's free to all couples, and we're looking forward to an evening of fun as we celebrate love. You can register for this event uh, by January the 29th. They will have a special love note party pack for each couple to assist you in our virtual celebration. So if you would, go to our church website and look up Love Notes 2021 and register for this event. Uh, just also want to let you all know that we are doing baby dedications and baptism. However, we're going to be doing it uh, one person at a time or one family at a time when it comes to baby dedications. And so if you have a child that is under one year of age, uh, we invite you to call the office, talk to Marilyn White to set up a time where we can dedicate your child. And of course, we will adhere to all the protocols here at the St. Paul Church when it comes to baptism. And this is going to sound crazy, but I'm only baptizing one person at a time. Amen. One person at a time. I know that's going to be a whole lot of water we're going to use up around here, but I'm only going to baptize one person at a time. And so if you are desiring to be baptized, call the church office, talk to Marilyn White. We will set up a time where we will baptize you. And again, I'm only doing one person uh, at a time. We're doing temperature checks here at the church. And so as we do temperature checks here at the church, whenever we have anybody that comes in, uh, for more than uh, five seconds, we're going to check the temp um, to make sure that we adhere to those protocols as far as the church is concerned. I want to, before I um, go to our moment of prayer, I, I want to challenge um, the disciples of St. Paul in, into something. And I shared this in Bible study this past uh, Thursday, and I want to share it to our larger church body. I, I am convinced that um, uh, one of the reasons that we really don't grow spiritually, that we don't grow in the manner that God would have for us to grow, is because we do not spend enough time in the Word of God. And what do I mean by that? Just what I said. We do not spend enough time in the Word of God. Here it is. I was on a webinar a couple of weeks ago uh, with a Bible software company, and the presenter said something that was very profound, very profound. And he said that a survey shows that if you read the Bible devotionally one day a week, there will not be much change. If you read the Bible devotionally twice a week, 
there will not be much change. If you read the Bible three times a week, there is not much change. But they say, but if you read the Bible four times or more a week, there is significant progress in your life spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. Why? Because you're spending time in the Word of God. That reading the Bible at least four times a week, hear me and hear me well, four times a week can make a significant shift in your growth and development spiritually. I can dare say without hesitation or mental reservation that 80% of our congregation do not read the Bible four times a week. We might open it up for Sunday school. We might open it up for Bible study. We might open it up for Sunday morning. But I want to encourage you to start developing a devotional life of at least 15 minutes a day where you are reading the Bible and praying. That will start helping you to become the person, the disciple that God will have for you to be. You got to spend time in the word. The word is like bread to your life. And so a lot of us aren't growing the way that we need to grow because we don't spend time in the word of God. You just can't wait till Sunday morning to get it. You just can't wait till Bible study or Sunday school to get it. You as a disciple of Jesus Christ need to be consistent. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you um, to read the Bible. Read the Bible every day. You can start out with about 10 to 15 minutes. And, and hear me, 10 to 15 minutes out of your day is not much time. But it can make a difference in your life. There are those of us who spend at least 30 minutes or an hour devotionally. Um, and, and that's where we are in our walk with God. But I'm trying to encourage all of us, because guess what? I ain't trying to have church members. We're trying to create disciples. Let me say that again. I ain't trying to have church members. We're trying to create disciples. Let me say that one more time for the Holy Ghost. I'm not trying to have church members or St. Paulites. We're trying to create disciples. And if you want to read the Bible devotionally, we have something on our website that is a daily, daily reading or you can go and purchase a devotional reading and follow that. Or you can get what is called our daily bread or some other type of devotional that have devotional readings in it as well and follow along with that. But I want to challenge you, St. Paul, all of those that are part of our tribe, to start reading the Bible every day for at least 15 minutes. It will make a difference in your life when it comes to your relationship with God. Amen. That's my challenge, and I'm going to keep talking about it until y'all get sick of it. Amen. Uh, also, at this time, we want to prepare for prayer. And as we uh, prepare for prayer, we want to share uh, several concerns with you all. At this time, we want to lift up the family of brother, disciple David Hugh Houston, um, the in-law of disciple Jacqueline Phillips and family member Edith Harris, uh, Novella Lund, and Virginia Greer. Um, uh, her viewing is today uh, at the Greer Funeral Home, and the service will be tomorrow at noon at York Memorial Park. We also want to lift up 
the family of Brother Disciple Donald Springs. He's the husband of Linda Springs. He's having a graveside service on Wednesday, January the 20th at 11 o'clock a.m. at Oaklawn Cemetery. And then we want to lift up the family of uh, Sister Juanetta Dobson, um, who is related to Reginald Adams and the daughter of Shirley Adams, and her arrangements are pending. We also want to lift up the family of Sister Shelby Hayes. Uh, we celebrated her life on yesterday, the family of Sister Annie Mason. We celebrated her life last week and the family of Brother Henry Redfern. Um, we continue to lift them up in prayer as well as the family of Sister Jasmine Robinson. We have many of our disciples who are in the hospital uh, who are having surgery or who are dealing with special uh, significant illness. We lift up uh, new names on our list, Charlene Anderson, Jimmy, uh, James Cunningham and his wife, uh, Sister Frances Dalton, who is back in the hospital, Sarah Lipsy, Carolyn Martin, Angela Oliver, Shirley Adams, Beverly Powell, um, and Deacon Geneva Walker. And of course, uh, I ask that if you all would continue to pray for um, the uh, continued uh, healing of one of my nephews. His name is Jeremy Bennett in Atlanta. He had to have brain surgery last week. Uh, he is the son of, um, of my sister, Shavante, uh, and her husband, Benjamin Bennett, in Raleigh. And so if you would keep him in your prayers. Uh, he came through surgery quite well. We want to pray that the Lord will continue to bring the healing that God desires for his life. I'm going to ask that Reverend Bernie will come and take us to the throne of grace in lifting up these concerns before our Lord. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we come at this moment, God, realizing, God, that all power is in your hands. God, we are grateful for who you are in our lives, God, and we acknowledge sometimes, God, we go through some things, God, that we begin to question you. But, Father, we pray, God, even in the midst of what we're experiencing, God, that your spirit will settle us, God. Touch the families of those who are experiencing bereavement right now, God. Help them to realize, God, although, although it may seem dark right now, Lord, you are still by their sides, God. Help them to understand, God, that weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning, God. We ask, God, that you will bless them, keep them, God, put your protection around them, God. God, send voices of, uh, of encouragement to them, God, even in the midst of this pandemic, God. Let them know that they are not alone, God, that we are in prayer for them, God, that we are concerned about them, that we love them, God. God, help them minister to them, God, in, in their weakest point, God. Let them know, God, that, that, that you are still with them, God. We pray for those that are in the hospital, God, that are experiencing sickness, God. Remind them of your power, God. Remind them of who you are, God. Let them know. Give them the blessed assurance, God, that everything will work out. Grant healing to their bodies, to their situation, God. Let them know, God, that, that, that we are in prayer for them also, God. We thank you, Lord, for all the things, God, that we may be experiencing right now, God. 
For even in the midst of turmoil in our country, even in the midst of bereavement, even in the midst of sickness, even in the midst of this pandemic, God, you are still God. And you have all power in your hand, God. So, Lord, give us the assurance. Remind us, God, of where you brought us from. Remind us, God, uh, that you still sit high and you look low. Remind us, God. Let your spirit, God, dwell with us, God, that even whatever we're going through right now, God, we are trusting and we are depending on you, God, to work it out, God, for our good, God. God, show yourself mightily in these situations, God. Show yourself mightily, God, in our lives, God, that those those that do not know you, God, will yield, will cry out. They want to know about Jesus, God. We thank you for what you were doing. Continue, Lord, to bless this house, God. Continue, Lord, God, to allow us, God, to reach those that do not know you. Continue, Lord, God, to allow us to be a vehicle, God, of resources, God, that we can pour out in our community, God. We thank you for all that you are doing in this ministry. Bless our pastor, God. Keep him, God. Keep him, God. Keep, keep, keep him, God, under your voice, God, that he might hear and lead us, God, in the way that you see fit, God. We thank you for all that you are doing in this vineyard called St. Paul Baptist Church. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Reverend Bernie. If you believe that the Lord is answering your prayer, can you give God praise right now? Let me try that one more time. Can you give God a praise right now? I see those that are on our virtual congregation. We thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Reverend Bernie, for that. Well, beloved, it is time for us to give. It is time for us to give. And again, I want to commend you, St. Paul, on your generosity and the grace that God has shown you. I want to let you know that as we prepare to give, for those of you who have lost your job, you've been laid off, you've been furloughed, or you do not have significant income, you're receiving, I'm not expecting for you to give. However, if you do desire to give out of your lack, of course, God has a special blessing connected to that. But for those that still have income, those of us that are still working, we are looking for the strong to bear the infirmity of the weak. And so as we prepare to give, I want to encourage you right now. You can give by Sending your check, a money order to the church, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or you can drop off your check, money order, or cash here at the church. If you desire to bring it by, call the church office, 704-334-5309. Call the church office to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. We will put it in the safe. It will be counted in the next Sunday's offering. Amen. If you are on our website, you can go to our website, follow the giving prompts there, and give. Or you can give through the app called GiveLify. You can give through that app. Connect it to your favorite credit card, and uh, in three clicks, you can give. So as we prepare to give, I would like for you to take your offering, place it in your right hand. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to be a blessing as far as your work is concerned. Thank you, God, for our partners here in the city and across this land who join with us in the venture of being a witness, uh, working for you, giving your word out, and doing your work. We pray, God, that you would take these gifts of ours. For those that are practicing the discipline of tithes and offerings, bless us according to your word. 
for those that may not be given tithes and offerings, but giving something, Lord, increase their faith. And then, God, we pray that for those who give out of lack, who don't necessarily have a job, you bless the widow's might. Bless them as well. Take these gifts, O oh God, and we pray you will multiply it in a Godful way so that your word, your witness, your work will go forth. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and click. Go ahead and give at this time and uh, join in our uh, with our adult uh, ensemble as they bless us to prepare us for the word of God.
favor wherever you are right now if you wouldn't mind just putting your hands together and giving God praise just simply because of goodness and mercy those twins that follow us goodness and mercy those twins that keep us goodness and mercy those two attributes of God that, that bless us when we know we don't deserve to have the blessings of God. Amen. Any Christian, any disciple of Jesus Christ who can't shout and give God praise on his simple goodness and mercy, I'm, I'm wondering about your salvation. Nobody should have to prompt you when it comes to talking about the goodness and the mercy of God. That's how you and I got saved. Amen. Thank you. Thank you to our, our adult praise team for, for blessing us. I want to um, call your attention as we finish up this series of sermons on the faithfulness of God to Romans chapter 11. We want to read verse 33 through verse 36. Verse 33 through verse 36 and it reads like this oh the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor or who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him. Key verse. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Uh, for of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. I want to preach for the time that is mine. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. <clears throat> One of the sterling attributes or characteristics about being a disciple of Jesus Christ, of being a daughter or son of God, and being filled with the Holy Spirit is that there ought to be some genuine excitement about our relationship with God. When you and I survey what it means to be hooked up with Jesus, to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, to be empowered by the Holy Ghost, and to be able to have a transformed life, it should send shockwaves through your circles shivers up and down your spine and goose pimples all over your body. The mere fact that you and I have been saved means that we can transcend the narrow-mindedness we encounter consistently. You can go beyond those stereotypes that others place upon you like race, class, gender, socioeconomic status, or educational background that has the tendency to limit you and restrict you. When you operate in this world from a framework of knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, 
you're not limited by the labels others place upon you that will keep you trapped. In other words, the transformative, redemptive, and liberating work taking place in your life is because God has a purpose, destiny, and blessing for us that we cannot even begin to imagine, understand, or even appreciate. You and I are being transformed for a significant purpose. You and I are being redeemed for a beautiful destiny. You and I are being liberated for bountiful blessings. God has done, God is doing, and God will do significant shifts in your life that will distinguish you, but also at the same time will cause other folks to become jealous of you because they don't know the God that you know who has kept you steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in his work. In other words, uh, when God moves in your life in a magnificent way where blessings flow effortlessly, you will discover folks who do not like you and they have been around you for quite some time. When God does something magnificent and significant in your life, you need to get ready for some people who will not understand or appreciate the move of God in your life. In other words, get ready for jealous folk who would try to drown you out with their negativity. Get ready for hellish folks who would try to put your spirit in a place of despair and depression. However, when you evaluate and think about how the enemy operates, it is the enemy's objective to keep you in bondage. It is the enemy's aim to keep you operating from a position of fear. Therefore, when you allow for the enemy to keep you down, rather than for the Spirit of God to let you soar, it's difficult for God to be pleased with your life. The Westminster Catechism says the chief aim of humanity is to glorify God and to enjoy God forever. Yet in our sinful, our fallen state, God has come up with another way to extract glory from us. And yet I, I wrestle, Reverend Bernie, with the notion, how can you and I glorify God? In other words, how can the creature glorify the creator? Uh, how can humanity glorify divinity? How can dust glorify the spirit? How can the finite glorify the infinite? How can brokenness glorify wholeness? How can the sick glorify the healer? How can a suspect glorify the heavenly attorney? How can the criminal glorify the eternal judge? How can time, a, a person in time, glorify the being of eternity? How can a sinner glorify the Savior? How can you and I glorify God? Andre Crouch broke out with a song entitled The Tribute to God to Be the Glory. And while I may not know what his theological framework 
that he was operating from when he penned these words, I do understand the essence of where he was coming from. He, he says it like this, how can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you give to prove your love to me. The voices of a million angels cannot express my gratitude. All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe it all to thee. Then that chorus goes, to God be the glory. To, to God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he has done with his blood. He has saved me by his power. He has raised me to God be the glory for the things he has done. That right there ought to elicit a shout uh, a moment of praise because when you think about all that God has done for you that you don't deserve, it ought to make you give God glory, honor, and praise. What is it I don't deserve? You don't deserve to be alive. You don't deserve to be breathing. You don't deserve to have the relationships that you have. You don't deserve the mercy from God. You don't deserve the grace from God. You don't deserve another chance. You don't deserve the forgiveness for God. When you think about all the stuff that God has given you, you have really not too much reason to complain, grumble, or criticize because we have to admit the Lord has been better to us than we have ever been to ourselves. Therefore, when we say to God be the glory or give God glory, please, ma'am, please, sir, understand you ain't adding anything to the nature of God, but you're merely acknowledging you are confessing how glorious our God is, uh, how awesome our God is, how majestic our God is, and you're calling for others to recognize God's glory as well. And this is what Paul understands as he frames uh, these four verses to wrap up chapter 11. So let's get to work. Paul is caught up in the ecstasy of the goodness of God as he writes this hymn of praise. God's providence is at work in God's redemptive relationship with all the humans brought forth from Paul, a doxology of praise and adoration. This doxology or hymn of praise is born out of the crucible of suffering and uplift, out of the crucible of victory and defeat, out of the crucible of ups and downs, out of the crucible of sunshine and rain, out of the crucible of successes and failures, out of the crucible of days of freedom and nights of imprisonment. Paul starts thinking about how God has blessed him in a tremendous way. Paul starts thinking about how the God we serve can do something marvelous like bring salvation to the Jews through the disobedience of uh, the Gentiles and how God is able to give us something 
we don't deserve. Notice how God was able to take uh, the rejection of his love uh, from the Jews uh, and give it to the Gentiles. How God was able to take the grace uh, of their rejection uh, and give it to the Gentiles. Uh, God always has the ability to take something bad uh, and work it out for our good. As Paul meditates on the goodness and the blessings of God, he breaks out in a praise. Uh, when Paul thinks about God's movement throughout human history, at that moment, he breaks the silence of his writing with a shout. He says, oh, something shook within the being of Paul that made him say, oh, something deep within Paul made him say, oh. The depths and the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past findings. This is what happens when you start thinking about who God is. And when you start thinking about what God has done. And when you start thinking about what God is doing. And when you understand what God can do. You and I can't even find the appropriate words to describe the essence of God. God's mercy is so incredible that our language is insufficient to describe it. God's blessings are so extraordinary. Our words are inadequate to relate to them. God's love is so incomprehensible that our vocabulary falls short in talking about it. God can never be defined. God can only be described. So all Paul could do was burn out. Oh, <laughs> let me see if I can help you to understand what I'm dropping on you. Uh, I remember I was watching uh, a football game the other night, and the quarterback, the quarterback made this tremendous long-range pass to the wide receiver. The wide receiver was in double coverage, but somehow he went above and grabbed the ball out of the air, pulled it to him, did the double toe tap, fell out of bounds, and I was in my study, and all I hollered out was, Wow! Oh, it's just like that. When you think about what God has done, you can't help but to come up with a shout. When you think about how God has kept you moved in your life, sometimes you can't help but break out with some kind of shout. I don't know who I'm talking to that's watching me live stream. But when you think about how you made it out of poverty, you ought to shout. Oh, when you think about how God made a way for you, when you didn't know how a way was going to be made, you ought to holler, oh, when you got a job and you know your resume said you weren't qualified for it, you ought to holler, oh, when you got the house and your credit was messed up from the floor up, your FICO score was below zero, but yet God let you get the loan, you ought to holler, oh, when you were sick. Didn't know where healing was going to come from, but the Lord restored you. You ought to holler, oh, when the one you love don't love you back and you thought you were going to lose your mind because he left you or she dumped you, but you realize you're better off without them because the Lord has lifted you and dried your tears. You ought to holler, oh, when you think about how you and I are surviving these chaotic and confusing times, uh, this COVID pandemic, we ought to holler, oh! And when you realize uh, that we have survived four years of Trumpism, four years of an egotistical, misogynistic, narcissistic uh, fool, uh, 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 you have to say, oh, in other words, when God 
does the wonderful, when God does the miraculous, when God does the impossible, you can't help but to give him a praise. You can't help but to holler, oh, guess what? If you can shout over the Panthers, and if you can shout over the Hornets, uh, then certainly you ought to be able to give a shout to our God and give God praise for all he has done. All it is is the acknowledgement of who God is in the form of us giving him glory. This shout, this substance of this sermon, though, is found in the last verse of this chapter, uh, in verse 32. Six of this chapter, it gives us insight into why you and I should give God glory. Why does God deserve glory from you and me? It's right there in verse 36. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Let me see if I could uh, break this thing down for you and, and help you to help you to appreciate uh, the very essence uh, of the goodness of God. In verse 36, notice this first phrase, uh, for of him. Here it is. Uh, God deserves glory because God is our source. Somebody going to learn how to shout on basic doctrine. Uh, in verse 36, you see the words, uh, for of him, for of him. The concept of source means that God is the originator, that God is the ultimate creator. In Genesis 1-1, it gives us a picture of the God who existed before everything else began and gives us glimpses into how God creates something out of nothing. If you believe in this God, then you must understand uh, when it comes to the idea of creativity that there's only one creator. I'm getting ready to take y'all deep. We are taking, watch this, what God has already created and we use it to make different things. When you examine reality and note all the things we enjoy, homes, clothes, cars, computers, smart device, TV, food, water, medicine, the essential components necessary to make the items that we enjoy, to make the items that help us, were already in existence before the thing was ever made. And it was not a human that made it, but God. There is a theological principle called creation ex nihilio, which is the Latin for creation out of nothing. This doctrine basically means uh, that nobody else but God is responsible for all we see and don't see. Uh, this is because God is the source for everything uh, and everything else uh, is a ultimate resource. And there's a difference between a source and a resource. A resource is dependent upon a source for its replenishment, but a source is dependent upon itself for its existence. Can I take y'all a little bit deeper? The problem with too many of us is we don't look at God as our source. But we look at God as a resource. Therefore, because we look at God as a resource rather than the source, 
it creates a problem with our theology or our belief about God. Here it is. If you don't see God as sovereign, if you don't see God as the ultimate creator, if you don't see God as the comprehensive ruler, you will let other folks determine the outcome of your life. No wonder some of you give your life over to your man or your woman or your job or your boss or your kids or your material possessions. You have allowed someone or something that was meant to be a resource to become your source. And when your alleged source wimps out on you, you lose your mind. Therefore, God can't get glory from you because you are emphasizing a resource rather than the source. How can a resource source somebody or something that is a resource itself? Huh? How can somebody who is dying or decaying ultimately help me when I'm dying or decaying? I don't need to be dependent on something that needs a source as well. That's why I have to say, like Paul said, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory, watch this, through Christ Jesus. In other words, God is my source. Our job is a resource. God is our source. Our degree is a resource. God is our source. Our church is a resource. God is our source. Our marriage is a resource. God is our source. Our relationship is a resource. God is our source. Our education is a resource. God is our source. Our connection is a resource. God is our source. Our friend is a resource. God is our source. Our money is a resource. God is our source. Our health is a resource. God is our source. Our stuff is a resource. God is our stuff. Our life is a resource. God is our stuff. Our fraternity and sorority is a resource. God is our stuff. Everything else we see is a resource. Don't confuse the eternal source of God with the temporary resource of people, places, and things. Because when you recognize that God is your source, it means that whatever you need, ooh, here's the good part, even if it does not exist, the God we serve can create it, because God is the source of everything. I, I, I don't know who I'm blessing right now. Uh, uh, even if you can't see it, the God we serve is able to bring it to pass because God is our source and everything else is our resource. Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to right now. This is the only reason that you and I can go through life with a sense of joy. Because God is our source. You and I can have peace in the midst of our storm because God is our source. You and I can smile even though we're going through hell because God is our source. You and I can shout hallelujah even though the devil is throwing everything at us, including the kitchen sink. Why? Because we know that God is our 
your source. Everything else is a resource. Oh, here's the shout for you. It ain't even on my script, which means that when your resource decays or when your resource dies or when your resource don't function, the God we serve is still alive, still working, and still able to bring to pass what God wants to do in your life. I really could stop right there. But let me, if I could, press on because I want to drop something else on you. Next, God deserves glory because God is our sustainer. It's right there in the second prepositional phrase. And through him. (laughs) Uh, 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 For of him and through him. God is related to all things as how they came into existence and how they remain in existence because of God. If God was not self-sufficient and self-sustaining, if God had to depend upon us to keep God going, God would have faded off the scene a long time ago. Preach Robert Charles Scott. But since God is self-sustaining and God is self-sufficient, then everything else is dependent upon God, which means that God is our sustainer, which means that God is ultimately responsible for our living. We're reminded in the scriptures how it is in Christ, we live, we move, we have our being. When we give God glory as the sustainer, it means that God keeps us, God protects us, and God provides for us. The psalmist said it best, I will lift my eyes until the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. God is our sustainer is connected to the God who is our source. Ooh, you just missed your cue shout. God, who is our sustainer, is the same God who is our source. The problem is too many of us depend upon things to sustain us that ultimately have to get their power from something else. We think our job gives us sustainability. Only to have your job fire you or furlough you, and now you realize it wasn't keeping you. We believe that our relationships sustain us, only to lose a loved one to death, or to see the relationship go sour, or to be stabbed in the back by our so-called friends. We, we, We think that money can sustain us, only to realize that money comes and money goes. You, you thought your house could sustain you, but now the adjustable rate mortgage has kicked in, and you owe twice as much as you did before. You can't depend upon people, places, and things to sustain us. The psalmist reminds us how our help does not come from the hills and how our help does not come from the mountains. Our help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. In this phrase, we see who made the heavens and the earth really refers to the power and the presence of Jehovah. So so when we talk 
about the power of God. It has to be understood that God is omnipotent. I, I would dare say that's the problem with the people who worship at the altar of Trumpism. That as they bow down at that false idol, they fail to understand um, that Trump uh, basically got limited resources. But even in his limited resources, he does nothing but lie. He does nothing but uh, desecrate the truth. He does nothing uh, to uplift his people. He is all about himself. When you bow down at the altar of Trumpism, you become so focused on a man that will one day ultimately have to die and have to see the king, the king, the Lord of lords, the eternal judge himself. And, and I'm mighty afraid that, that he's going to have to spend some time in the place where the summers are perpetual and the cool winds never blow because the God we serve ultimately will be vindicated. The God we serve ultimately will have his way. That's why you can't put your trust in a trump. And let me dare say, I can't even put my trust in a Biden. I ain't going to lie. I'm glad that Biden has won. I'm glad that Biden will be inaugurated on this Wednesday. But hallelujah, my hope and my trust is not in Joe Biden. My hope and my trust is not in Kamala Harris. My hope and my trust is not in the Democrats having the Senate and the House of Representatives. My hope and my trust is not in Roy Cooper. My hope and my trust is not in Vi Lyles. No, my hope and my trust is in nothing but Jesus Christ. Because in Jesus, there's no limit to his power. Because everything that exists is dependent upon Jesus. That's why God is the only being, watch this, who can speak and stuff start happening. That's why God can blink his eyes uh, and stuff starts happening. God said, let there be and be has kept on being ever since. Uh, God said, let us make man and God formed us out of the dust of the ground uh, and made us in his image. Uh, as a matter of fact, God's nostrils blew uh, and the Red Sea parted and allowed uh, for the children of Israel to walk across the Red Sea on dry ground. God uh, blinked his eyes and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. There is nothing living or dead, nothing visible or invisible, nothing spiritual or fleshly, nothing real or imagined that is more powerful than the God we serve. So you ain't got to be scared of your enemies. You ain't got to be scared of folks that are jealous of you. You ain't got to be scared of folks that apply for you because guess what? What they meant for evil the God we serve uh, can work it out for your good. That's what Joseph meant when he told his brothers, uh, you all thought you were trying to kill me, but God was taking the evil you were working against me and set me up so I could save you and keep you very much alive. Uh, I don't know to whom I'm talking to out there right now, but I dare you right now to give God glory because you know that it's the Lord that sustains you. It's the Lord that keeps you. It's the Lord that lifts you. It's the Lord that's been taking care of you. It ain't been nobody but God. And if God withdraw his favor and his help from you, ain't no telling where you will be. Who am I talking to right now that's watching me live stream? They ain't afraid to lift up your hands, uh, wave them in the air, and tell the Lord, Lord, if it had not been for you on my side, ain't no telling where I would be right now. He is my sustainer. God is my source. God is my sustainer, but the shout I really got to give is because God is my Savior. 
uh, uh, for of him and through him. Watch this. And to him be all things. And to him be all things. Let me say that again. And to him be all things. Um, in the Greek, there's this word telos. Telos uh, means the end or a final completion. This is where we get the word telephone. Uh, this is where we get the word telescope. Uh, 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 it, it, it is being able to see further or hear further or do further than you can ever imagine. The problem with the concept of final accomplishment or the end is that we live in a postmodern time that dismiss the notion of God. For some, God is a figment of the imagination. For some, God is a fairy tale. For some, God is a made-up idea. In other words, uh, we created this God idea. But let me, if I could, argue for a moment. Let, let me, let me, let me, let me, if I could, uh, cast away these uh, postmodern atheistic assumptions. If God is an idea, who put it in our imagination? Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, y'all looking puzzled. If God is an idea, somebody had to put it in our imagination. Who put it in our imagination. This becomes what is called in philosophy an ontological argument. The concept of ontology is focused around the being of God. In other words, here's the shout, there would be no thinking about God <laughs> if there was no God. Let, let, let me argue further. Uh, uh, when a person conceives religion, as a matter of faith, it believes in something, even though it can't be proven. It means that proving God's existence is rather fruitless. Either you believe or you don't believe, but reason has very little to do with it. Being religious to the postmodern mind, to the atheistic mind, is a matter of believing that God exists and that Jesus died for our sins. It, it has nothing to do with reason, but it is based upon our faith. Anselm, uh, the theologian, makes the statement, I do not seek to understand so that I may believe, but I believe or I have faith so I can understand. In other words, suppose God is going to get glory. In that case, we got to shift from looking at God through the terms and the nuances of, of religion. And we got to view a relationship with God through Jesus Christ as being empowered by the Spirit to give us the, the capacity to become like Jesus. In, in other words, you can't be focused on religion. You got to become focused on relationship. However, we must be careful when we deny religion and claim spirituality. 
this is because uh, there are evil spirits. Uh, there are harmful spirits. Uh, so when a person says, I'm not religious, uh, I'm spiritual, then you got to wonder what that person is talking about. Uh, is that, are they talking about the God of Jesus uh, or some other type of spirit? Uh, because I want to let y'all know uh, that on January the 6th, uh, we saw spirituality in action. On January the 6th, we saw people carrying Jesus' flags at Trump's insurrection. We, we saw them putting up an old rugged wooden cross. But also at the same time, we saw the same folks that were carrying Jesus' flags, trying to take guns from the Capitol Police. We saw the same folks carrying Jesus' flags, perpetuating white supremacy. We saw the same folks carrying Jesus' flags, hanging gallows with a noose talking about they want to hang my pants may I suggest uh, that that was spirituality but it was not the spirit of the Holy Ghost it was the spirit of the Antichrist because Jesus the God of creation Jesus the son of the living God ain't have nothing to do with that mess that took place on January 6th be careful when you talk about you got spirituality because you might be having the spirit of the Antichrist rather than the spirit uh, of Jesus Christ. And, and, and so, and so, and so, let me close my Bible because closing my Bible helps me to shut this thing down real quick. Uh, uh, when God becomes our ultimate goal, uh, it, it, it means uh, that the purpose I have must be connected to the person of God so that I can become what God will have for me to be. Therefore, when God becomes the goal to tell us, of my life. He saves me. I, I seek God, not because of God's blessings, but I seek God because I want to become more like Jesus. Uh, I, I'm seeking the heart of God and, and not the things of God. I, I want to have the spirit of God in me and not the broken spirit uh, that happens because of my sins. Th this is why I pursue God, not, not as an object of my life, but, but I pursue God because God is the subject of my life. I, I, I pursue God because I, I want God to be the center of my life. I, I pursue God because I want God to get glory out of my life. And I don't know uh, who, who, who I'm talking to that's watching me uh, right now, but I believe that there's a few of you all that's out there in virtual land that, that want the Lord uh, to get glory out of your life. And, and one of the ways uh, that I've discovered how God gets glory out of my life is by the mere fact that I'm not afraid to worship and give God praise. But not only am I not afraid to worship and give God praise, but I'm not afraid to do what the Lord would have for me to do. So when I think about all that God is, I have a whole lot of reasons to give God praise. And I know some of you all ain't ashamed to give him praise. I know that some of you all uh, are not ashamed uh, to lift up holy hands uh, and give uh, the Lord glory. Why? Because uh, 
after all that God has done. You can't help but to give him glory. Why is it that the Lord ought to get glory from our lives? I believe somebody knows that the Lord is good. That's why he deserves the glory. Somebody knows that the Lord is wonderful. That's why he deserves the glory. Somebody knows that the Lord is merciful. That's why he deserves the glory. Somebody knows that the Lord is kind. That's why he deserves the glory. Somebody knows that the Lord is able. That's why he deserves the glory. Somebody knows that the Lord is marvelous. That's why he deserves the glory. Somebody knows that the Lord is sufficient. That's why he deserves the glory. Uh, somebody knows that the Lord is a counselor. Uh, that's why he deserves the glory. Somebody knows uh, that the Lord is king of kings. Uh, that's why he deserves the glory. Uh, somebody knows he's the prince of peace. Uh, that's why he deserves the glory. Uh, somebody knows he's the everlasting father. Uh, that's why he deserves the glory. Uh, but that may not be good enough uh, for some of you all that are watching me. Uh, so can I make it more personal? Uh, anybody out there knows um, that he's able to make a way out of no way. Uh, you ought to give him glory. Uh, somebody knows he's held your hand. Uh, you ought to give him glory. Uh, if he got at your steps, uh, you ought to give him glory. Uh, if he lift up a bow down head, uh, you ought to give him glory. Uh, if he builds you up, uh, you ought to give him glory. Uh, if he gives you strength, you ought to give him glory. Uh, if he make your enemies behave, uh, you ought to give him glory. Uh, if he dried your tears uh, in the midnight hour, uh, you ought to give him glory. Uh, if he give you joy uh, down in your soul, uh, you ought to give him glory. Uh, if he make your enemies behave, uh, you ought to give him glory. Uh, is there Anybody out there that want to do like the psalmist says, uh, lift up your heads, uh, oh ye gates, uh, and be ye lifted up, uh, ye everlasting doors, uh, and the king of glory uh, shall come in. Uh, who is uh, this king of glory? Uh, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Uh, lift up your heads, uh, oh ye gates, uh, and be ye lifted up. Uh, everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in is there anybody out there that will help me give the king glory anybody out there that will help me give our god glory if you're not too afraid if you're not too ashamed if you're not too scared wherever you may be open up your mouth Throw back your head, lift up your hands, give God a praise, cause he's worthy, he's worthy, ain't he worthy, won't he make a way, won't he bring you out, won't he see you through, is he able, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes, Yeah, 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 
He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. He deserves the praise. To God be the glory. You and I, in our finite, broken, sinful humanity, have the capacity to give God glory. Wherever you may be right now, one of the ways that we can give God glory is when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's when God starts moving in our lives. Martin Luther King was able to give God glory because he decided to follow that preacher from Nazareth. He decided to take up the cross of discipleship, knowing that it wasn't cheap grace. It cost him his life. But now we're able to reap the benefits because he gave God the glory through his living and his testimony. You and I have the opportunity to give God glory when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so wherever you are right now, if you're watching us live stream and you want a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we can help you to understand what that looks like. Here it is. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you believe that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's your public confession. And so I want to lead you in a short prayer, a prayer of a new life, a prayer of a brand new start, a prayer of forgiveness where you can anchor down and have a walk with God. So wherever you are right now, if you would just bow your heads real quick and repeat after me. God, I want you to get glory out of my life. I want you to be God in my life. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead on the third day after his death. I believe one day he's going to come back. I don't quite understand how all of that's going to happen. But I'm willing to put my faith in it. So God, if you would, forgive me of my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. I surrender to you right now. And I thank you for the gift of your salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, you're sincere about that prayer, you meant that prayer, salvation is yours. Is it really? Yeah, it, it really is. Salvation is yours. If you meant that prayer in your head, in your heart, your mind, in your spirit, salvation is yours. Salvation is yours. But then it's important for you to get connected to a church where you can grow, become, and be all that God will have for you to be. Uh, we're not called to be long ranger disciples. We're called to do this within the context of community. That community is known as the church. And regardless of how many folks talk about the church, it's what Jesus created. You are not a church in and of yourself. Let me say that again. Nowhere in scripture does it teach that the church is in you. Nowhere. Let me say that one more time for the Holy Ghost. Nowhere in scripture does it teach that you're the church in and of yourself. 
Paul talks about how our body is the temple of God, but it doesn't say it's the church of God. The church is the called out community. Called out community. You can't be a community in and of yourself, but you can be with others. So I would love to have you to become part of the tribe of the St. Paul Church. I would love for you to become a part of our community. And so if you want to join the church by salvation, you can email at connect at sbcnc.org. If you want to join and you're watching us on Facebook, just tap in salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers will reach out to you and let you know what next steps are. If you're on the website, type in salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers will come in and let you know what the next steps are. Or you can call the church office if you're on the telephone at 704-334-5309. Leave your email address or your phone number. Or you can email us at connect at spbcnc.org. That's for salvation. If you want to join us based upon Christian experience, uh, you can email us at connect at spbcnc.org or type in connect on Facebook or our website. Our digital minister will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. Or if you're on the phone, call us or email us. Leave your number where we can contact you. And by 5 o'clock tomorrow, somebody will be in touch with you. Amen. But listen, thank you for joining us uh, as far as uh, this worship experience is concerned. We're getting ready to leave from this moment, but never from the presence of God. Uh, again, I want to encourage you as we prepare to leave, please take care of yourselves. Many of you all that are on our Zoom virtual congregation, you probably saw yourselves on the news last week uh, when I did an interview with WSOC talking about the vaccine. So. Uh, we want you all to take care of yourselves, wash your hands, wear your mask, practice physical social distancing. And if you're able, uh, and if you feel led and you feel safe and secure, take the shot. Take the shot. Um, we're getting ready to get out of here. And so let's close out in prayer. God, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard. We want to give you glory. Dismiss us from this moment, never from your presence. We want to give you glory. Help us to live for you. We want to give you glory. And now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. Totally wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Listen, I love you. God loves you even more. We're one step closer to coming back in. But until then, please take care of yourself. I can't wait to see you all in person. God bless you. I love you.